Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Yo, what's up? It's your man, Sean Weatherspoon, M-I-Z-Z-O-U, and you're listening to the Mazadcast. Now, you need a hobby, like golf or something. This show is terrible. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. It don't get no better than that, man. Now Cook's gonna throw the deep ball, and Burton's past the defense. Touchdown, Luther Burton. 47 yards. Kick is up. It is. Yes. Now a walk-off winner from 61. Harrison Venus. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And we are uh, recording this after Missouri's huge matchup, their Super Bowl, if you will, against the Georgia Bulldogs of Athens, Georgia. The Tigers fell short on this one, 30-21. to 21. This was a big one, Colin. It, uh, no one would have expected Missouri to have won this at the beginning of the season, but I think we certainly had our hopes up. It's a lost opportunity, unfortunately. You know, but Missouri played competitively, and I think you know the fourth quarter was disappointing. I think uh, Georgia fans and uh, everybody else in the SEC learned that you know it's not just another Missouri team. Uh, have you been eating sawdust, Colin? No, I'm just uh, coming off of a little bit of a sickness. Mm-hmm. I have full blown AIDS. Yeah, and uh, I'm just dealing with that right now. Sure. Well, that sounds. Kind of bad, but the worst thing was Missouri lost. Yeah. Honestly, if you look at the box score on how this one went and take out all of the emotion, it really comes down to just one bad third quarter. Missouri was tied at the half, 10 to 10, and outscored them in the fourth quarter. As crazy as that seems, we said before the game started last week, Colin, we said to win a game like this, which seems nearly impossible, you have to do basically three things you have to cut down on the penalties cut down on the mistakes, and play four quarters of football. And really, I mean, as the Tigers played really well, but they didn't do any of those three things. And I guess a fourth thing, luck. And we didn't really get much luck. Uh, you know, we didn't win the turnover battle. We had a lot of penalties. We made some crud. 
you know, Brady Cook's got a little bit of a history in these big games of throwing back-breaking yeah. interceptions. The same <laughs> yeah, thing. I was talking uh, to Twink Caleb today, and I said, nobody's going to want to hear this because Brady Cook's had such a good season. And he has earned the job, and he has proved the doubters wrong. But when we needed him most against LSU, he puked on his shoes. And when we needed him most against Georgia, he puked on his shoes. That interception to that defensive lineman was one of the worst interceptions I have ever seen. And mind you, I've seen Matty Mock throw interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I that it looked like he just got caught between like I'm going to ground this thing because there's no play there, and then and I'm going to throw the pass, and it basically went somewhere in between, which happened in between happened to be in the gut of a defensive lineman five feet in front of him. Yeah. Just an unforgivable pass in this game. You can't do that in this game. Like you said, yeah. you can't have penalties in this game. This is not only do you have to produce on defense and offense, you have to be perfect with the little things, the details. You certainly can't have turnovers. Yeah. And for as well as Mizzou played, they just didn't to win at home against the number two team in the nation, you you've got to be you gotta play smarter than Mizzou did, quite frankly. Yeah. No, and and I mean it you just talk about playing smarter. There was a lot of you know, head scratching, play calling. There was oh lord, the lot. end of the half. Yeah. Drinkwitz ball is it can be frustrating, you know. And and I mean, we're deep enough into the season, and the team is good enough, and we played well enough, and the season has gone well enough that that I want to curb my criticism of Drinkwitz because I was so harsh early on and just have been proven wrong. But he does things that are mind boggling and continues to make me feel like. He is not the smartest coach in the SEC. And, uh, I mean, look, he's not calling the plays, so I guess it can't 100% fall on him. But some of the decisions, the third down running plays. The, Colin, and then he goes ballistic. Yeah, that's what I was going to get to is that the, the crazy thing is he gets so mad at the official for not – for keeping the clock rolling on a play that he called for Cody Schrader to run. You know, like it's a running play. The clock's running, and he's sitting on what three timeouts? Like, if if the clock running is such a crucial part of the end of this half, use one of your fucking timeouts. It made yeah. no sense. The only sense anybody could make of it was somebody said, "Well, maybe he's trying to fire up the team by just fucking eating out the officials' ass." Yeah. Because I from a strategic so. standpoint, a it didn't make any sense. You just ran a running play. To Cody Schrader, he got lucky to even get close to out of bounds. So you can't yeah. be mad at the official that they didn't that they said it was forward or progress or whatever. I agree with him. I, I think they should have stopped the clock, but they didn't. You know, if you're so interested in stopping the clock, use a timeout or run throw throw the ball. You know what I mean? Those are your options. And so <clears throat> it was just it's hard to be on Drake's side on that little exchange because it didn't make any fucking sense. I, I continue to say that I think Blake Baker has got the defense playing well. I think Kirby Moore has certainly improved our offense. They still lack one coach. They need somebody that stands directly next to Drinkwitz and explains to him why this is the time to take timeouts or why this is the time to, you know, pass the ball. I mean, like it is day one. Some of this is just day one shit that he just seems to not grasp in the heat of the moment. And and it all comes down to crucial time. Tallison, our center, Colin, every single game just randomly snaps the ball to Brady Cook in a way that Brady Cook's not expecting. And we're so lucky this season that it hasn't been more catastrophic than it's been. No doubt. But it, uh, why can't we fix this with him? Like, why is he so bad at his job? 
uh, we're, I think we're gonna we're spiraling into t- bordering on Mizzou blues. Which we shouldn't, yeah. because this was a good game. It was a good showing, and I think everybody outside of Missouri, I, I don't want to say moral victory because I don't believe in that garbage, but I will say that like we proved ourselves worthy of being on the field at Georgia, right? Like that's, Tennessee is yeah. not looking past us this week based Brennan, on the play we had in Georgia. We look like the number 14 team in the nation playing the number two team in the nation. That's exactly frankly. what it looked like, yeah. And uh, oh, we, lo- we look like we, are, we deserve that ranking. I watched a lot of college football on Saturday. I didn't see a lot of teams that would give Mizzou a better game than Georgia did. Mizzou is as good as any team I watched play on Saturday, including Georgia. I mean, they're just really that game was never out of reach. Even after the interceptions, you know, we were, it was ended up being a nine point deficit. You know, the second interception was backbreaking. You know, at that point you just know, okay, it's over, but Mizzou can definitely doesn't have to hang its head after this. No. Um, it's disappointing, though. I mean, this was such an incredible opportunity that you're just not going to get very often. The deck's just not going to stack up this way every year, and uh, it would have been great to win that football game. But, I mean, you talk about a win that would have been program-defining. Oh, yeah. And it's hard to get program-defining wins, you know, (laughs) especially in Athens. Yeah, and like I said, this would have made Drink's career as much as it would have the programs um, or the season. It, it would have been big, and that's why it hurts. But at the same time, what happened was always the most likely outcome. You know, this is nothing anybody should be surprised by how it went. But, you know, and when you play well and when the game is close, you stew on the missed opportunities, and they were there. Um, there were great moments in this game, too. I mean, we led the first quarter. And we deserve to lead the first quarter. And I think when Luther Burden caught that touchdown pass in the first quarter, you could look in the stands in Georgia and, and see that the people are out there going like, fuck, we got a game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is yeah. – Oh, Mizzou might actually be kind of good. Yeah, this isn't going to be a cakewalk, you know. So honestly, I'm looking forward to this weekend because I said last week, as, as much as I'd love for us to beat Georgia, I think that would be wonderful – what I really would like and what Drinkwitz can really do to win me back on the bandwagon is beat those motherfuckers from Tennessee who I hate so mm-hmm. dearly. And this is our opportunity. And Tennessee's playing better ball now than they were at the beginning of the season. But I am not afraid of the Tennessee Volunteers this year. We have a team assembled that can beat those assholes, and I would love to see it. And I'd really, we kind of need to, Colin, because. We were talking about, you know, we're seven and one opportunity for a special season. We're now seven and two. We've got Tennessee, we've got Florida, we've got Arkansas, and uh, we got to win some of those games. You know, like we, we we need to win all those games. Yeah, right. We need like to win we, all those games. And, I mean, and you they don't are play winnable this game against Georgia. Yeah, you don't play this game against Georgia and lose to one of those teams. You know, we are, I think, the second best team in the SEC East right now. And we need to play like it. I think if you just look at these rosters and these teams, if those these programs both bring A games, Mizzou should win against all three of these opponents. That's right. You know, but we, I mean, we've already talked about it. But the the penalties, like we have got to knock it off with the fucking penalties. Like it's not going to happen. We're just going to get over it. We're just a undisciplined team when it comes to fucking penalties. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, we do not have the coaching just, staff that can fucking nip this in the bud. They just are not capable of it. And they've proven it time and again. This is 
part of who we are. We're a good team, but we're a flawed team, and one of those flaws is unsolvable fucking penalties. Yep, it's a mystery. It's a mystery to everyone. There's one thing I didn't want to forget either as we talk about this football game. Uh, our special teams, not great. <laughs> um, not great. Uh, that was one of those things that I think can get lost in the shuffle of a game like this. But, man, Georgia had some great field position. Yeah. And I don't know how that gets fixed, but that was really ugly. Well, you talk about that, but the Marquise Johnson running it out of the end zone and then getting fucking blowed up like inside the 10 when he should have just knelt on the fucking ball and taken it at the 25. That's what I'm saying. Like the special teams just in general just – We just basically seeded an entire possession at that point. And this is the kind of thing where it's just like you see it happen and you're like, okay – we can survive this. It's not a game breaker, but these are exactly the type of things you can't do in these type of games. And yet we did them. And, uh, you know, it's we, we are the Missouri Tigers, Colin, and we are not Alabama. We are not the Georgia Bulldogs. And we want to aspire to be that someday. And we have these opportunities where we can climb up the ladder but it's really hard to do, and we just didn't do it here. So in 10 years, maybe we'll get another shot at this. <laughs> but we didn't take it yeah. this time around. Um, well, like I said, Brendan, I think everybody's hoping for a permanent change of residence. I hope that we become Georgia's pain in the balls you know, over the next decade. You know, Is Georgia going to win the East? I don't know. Is, Missouri gonna, is this Missouri's year? You know, I hope we become a, a perennial thorn in their side. That would be great. And, you know, just from a recruiting standpoint, it looks like we might be able to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, we lost out on a big recruit. Uh, we didn't even talk about at all last week. Um, you know, we had a big five-star receiver. Well, did you hear his dad after he signed? Yeah. He's basically like, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, you could obviously, this this family is, I mean, like. Playing the game. You know, well, yeah, loyalty is not. I mean, like, listen, I'm not saying he's going to end up in Missouri. I don't think he will, but. You know, like there is no loyalty there. Like yeah. we made this decision today. We may make a different decision tomorrow. Our yeah. son is a human lottery ticket and we intend to scratch him <laughs> uh, for everything he's worth is all I heard uh, for most of that co- uh, interview with his family. Yeah. Well, and, and certainly I have always been a proponent of NIL and players getting paid and they're doing all the work and they ought to get some compensation for it. This is a business to them. And I understand that. But I root for the Missouri Tigers, and when a guy like Wingo decides to go to fucking Texas instead of the Missouri Tigers, I don't feel obligated to wish him well. You know, I don't wish nope. him ill either. I just don't wish anything for or against him. He is not a part of my life. And so it's, it's the same thing with Dominique Lovett, who scored the first touchdown for Georgia in this game. I don't necessarily wish ill on Dominique Lovett, but I don't fucking hope he does well either. Like I fuck it's him, fuck you know, Lovett. fuck him, that's fuck my, him. He's been a he. He left and he talked shit. So like he's young. I understand. Oh, don't talk shit about college kids or, but they're making business decisions and it's going against the team. Money, so yeah, it, they if they're professionals, so fuck them, fuck them where he lives. It used to be, I was you know people would, you know, use the age thing. I'm like fuck it, you're 18. If you can, you know carry a rifle into war you can take some heat from a local fan podcast and now that they're making money i have no qualms about telling anybody to shove it up their ass especially someone like dominic love it and i also have had a long-standing policy is just not get too fucking worked up about what high schoolers do you know like it, it he's going to be a great 
receiver. He would have been awesome to have on our team. It's not going to happen. So moving on because there's nothing you can do about it. And if I got worked up every time a fucking high schooler made a bad decision, I'd spend my life pretty miserable. But anyway, you know, like it would be great to get those guys, keeping guys like Luther Burden, keeping guys like Wingo are how you build a program up to be competitive with the Georgias year in and year out because, God, they had five-star guys up and down their lineup. But, Colin, honestly, when I watched us play, I didn't feel like we were a team who was dominated by superior talent at any point. You know, I thought they were a really good football team going up against our really good football team. But I never felt like Missouri was so up against it that the that once the floor fell out on us, it was all going to be exposed and we were just going to get fucking blown out. No, I felt like oh, we listen, were given as if, good as we got. If you just trade in Cook's two interceptions for punts, I don't know what this game looks like. Yeah. Well, fuck, um, if you trade it for you know, a field goal, we're in goddamn contention. It's hard to get away from those those passes. I, You know, those those were both bad interceptions. And, uh, I mean, certainly on the second one, he was trying to force things because, you know, there was certainly a sense of urgency. But, you know, unforgivable. And, and nobody, I'm sure nobody feels worse about it than Brady Cook. Yeah. But, um, you know, feel bad as you want doesn't change anything. You know, you better don't do it again. That's yeah. how you fix the problem. You know, <laughs> sorry's all well and good. It's like, but apologies fall hollow when you keep doing the same mistake over and over again. So no more, no more Brady tough heart. Yeah, that's uh, right. And, and heart's plenty tough. No more awful backbreaking interceptions at the end of games. We're, we've done that. And now we're going to d- be done with doing that. Well, and that takes us forward where we played so great against Georgia. We have a great record, but People are like, oh, we've turned a corner. We haven't yet. There's a lot of business to do. You know, like we were saying, you got to win the games in front of you because ultimately, if we stopped here, if we did, if we lost out, you know, we could happen. We could lose out. It's not many games left. And if we did, Drinkwitz is a guy who's had six win seasons every year that he's been here. And if we don't continue some of our success before the season ends. We've got seven wins now. You know, that's one game better than he's been. Well, it's, let's not get that pessimistic. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is it, I'm just I'm not saying that it's not going to happen. I'm just saying that there's work yet to do. Like, don't rest on your laurels now because we played no, well agree. and that we took Georgia to the mats. I'm saying beat the fuck out of Tennessee. Beat the fuck out of Florida. And by God, beat the fuck out of Arkansas. That's what I'm hoping, and that's what I think this team is capable of. But don't rest on your laurels now because there's a lot of work left to be done before we've actually turned the corner in this season. You know what I mean? Like, we've gone a long way, but it is not well, done yet. part of the reason I don't feel like I have as many concerns about us not finishing the season is just because this is a better football team than we've had in a while. And despite Cook's back-breaking interceptions at the end of this game, he moved the ball. The offense looked good for most of the game. You know, we were able to move the ball against Georgia, and Georgia's as good a defense as we're going to see all year. I feel like our offense is going to be able to move the ball against all three of the opponents that are coming up. I feel like our defense gets better every game. Like, they are really coming to their own. The more Blake Baker brings pressure, the better this defense seems to play. I really feel like we could be a handful for some of these, for all three of the teams, honestly, we're going to play. If... Both teams in all three of these last matchups bring their A game. Mizzou wins all three of them because Mizzou's A game right now, I think, will dominate any of the three of these players. I mean, dominate's a strong word, but but part of the reason I say that is because I think Mizzou has been a really good football team, but I still don't think we've seen their A game 
We've um, that's right. We did. We didn't get four quarters out of them this weekend. No, we still have not got a, a four quarter whistle to whistle game. And you know, if they ever put one together and don't have a bunch of penalties, I I just wonder how good they could be. Three games left on the schedule. Tennessee, I think, is by far the most difficult challenge. They're number thirteen in the country right now. Another two thirty CBS start time. I don't know when the last time Missouri's had the main afternoon CBS SEC matchup two weeks back to back. I don't know ever. I mean, I don't know if in thirteen and fourteen if we had that, but uh, we got it against Tennessee. It's a home game for us. Tennessee's good. Yeah, Tennessee's yeah, gotten the, better. Vegas certainly likes them. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, it's not like the Georgia line where we were 15 and a half, 16 point underdogs, though. We're like a point, point and a half off of Tennessee. People think this is going to be a competitive football game, and I have every reason to think it will be as well. Tennessee is seven and two, three and two in conference, exactly like we are. This is the moment where we find out who's the big dog. You know, this is this is basically fighting for the second, pl- second place in the East after Georgia yep. spanked our little bottom. I think Vegas's line is based on the fact that since Heupel has gone to Tennessee, he has had Mizzou's number. Yeah. And that's a motivation in my mind for this Tiger team is that they have looked very bad against this Tennessee team since Drinkwitz has been here, and it's time for payback. And this is the year maybe we can do it. It would be a statement victory. It really would. It's a top 13 team mm-hmm. in the country. We've had our, our opportunity against yeah. We had our opportunity against LSU. We didn't jump on it. We had our opportunity against Georgia. We didn't jump on it. This is another big opportunity. We got to jump on it. We don't. How many of these are we going to get before we're just only losing two good teams? You know, and that's not. I don't know. I just hope it's worth it for Hypel because uh, it's pretty obvious this job is killing him. Have you seen that guy? <laughs> he, like every time I see aging. him, he's aged ten years. He his face is completely. Uh, retreated into his neck. Yeah, uh, his hair is falling out, and uh, I, I'm starting to think he colors it, Brennan. Because a, a very few short years ago, he was here, and his hair was yeah. dark, and now he, it's taken on the sort of orange light color of a less miles. I color my hair because I'm losing it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but or maybe it's just because it's lightning because he's graying. But I mean, Tennessee is killing him. Yeah, it would kill anyone. I mean, it's a terrible place and terrible people everywhere and a terrible program. But yeah, he does look bad. And it is a strange hair color that the weird thing to me, Colin, is that billionaires do this, you know, like very wealthy men. And and I'm not even talking about the Los Angeles Raiders owner because he's just got a special kind of haircut that nobody, Mark Davis, right? That's just bizarre on another level. But that sort of orangish brown hue that is, you look at every other part of their body and like, you should have gray hair, man. And this is not a color that appears in nature. Like just, you're a man. Like you can get away with gray hair. What are you doing with this orange color? Yeah. What make your hair brown or make it, leave it white. But this sort of like home dye job they get, it doesn't matter how much money these guys make. They're like, uh, I'm, I, I don't know who's doing it. It's an, it's, it's an important topic for this show to cover, I believe. Well, I think the pictures on the Just for Men box are just so convincing. You know, when they're at the grocery store, and they're like, that could be me. That handsome man with the dark black beard who looks like Riker from Star Trek. Oh, man. <laughs> the Play next generation. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right, because I'm safe out of hell. 
that makes me want to buy that box just for men and it just never turns out like the picture but yeah so um speaking of you know killing hypo i hope that we do it and uh has been a piece of shit and tennessee's a piece of shit and i to me in a weird way this game is almost more sad a win against tennessee would be more satisfying than a win against georgia in a way i know it would have been program altering to beat georgia but there's a level of retribution in beating Tennessee, a horrible Tennessee. So anyway, here's hoping. On that note, uh, I'm curious what our listeners had to say about this week's game, Colin, and positive, negative, otherwise. But we'll find out after the break. This is the Mazzotcast. i seen rocky mountains and great lakes. I stood beneath the redwood tree. But wherever I go, my heart aches For a place called Tennessee Oh, come with me Where the whiskey flows like wine And the meth labs are divine Sweet tobacco grows And it's picked by poor Negroes in Tennessee Well it's a place where dueling banjos play And the mountain folk run free All the children can spell KKK But cannot spell Tennessee Oh, come with me Where every cheek is filled with chew And no one's ever seen a Jew Dogs are deep fried That's the reason Elvis died Tennessee Tennessee 
Birthplace of Aretha, Queen of Soul B.B. King and Al Gore well, I'm not saying it's a shithole But they don't live there anymore All the dentists just gave up Oh, come with me In my flatbed pickup truck It's where the classy ladies fuck in Tennessee Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. His boys play ball today Over 17, 18 bears Got an ashtray full of GPCs Got stained up fingertips But fellas like old Jimmy here Is the best they got to give It's a great butt plug of Dixieland Same damn song by the same old band Half wit checkered overall Tennessee can lick my balls. Well, the boys just got the brains kicked in that gum, that forward pass. So we found some kid on a message board, gonna threaten to whoop his kid ass. But it's all downhill from Jimmy here, that short-term memory loss. By Monday, he's the most trouble-free fella that you run across. It's a great butt plug of Dixieland Same damn song by the same old band Thick can swig and melon balls Tennessee can lick my balls There's a tooth in his head for every win they're gonna get on Saturday There's a whisker on his chin for every poor star kid that they're gonna have to pay It's a great butt plug of Dixieland Same damn song by the same old band Burned out muffler mating calls Tennessee can lick my balls The city of Knoxville Lick my balls Dollar tablecloth looking in zone Lick my balls Smokey the blue tick hound Lick my balls Tennessee can lick my balls And we are back, and as promised, we are going to get into the old Mazzotcast mailbag now. Here's the mail, it never fails, it makes me want to wag my tail. 
comes, I want a whale. What's up, guys? Caroline's Jackpot. It's about 8.15 a.m. out here on the East Coast. Just wanted to let you know you've got my full support and attention this afternoon at 3.30. Time that we see somebody else take over the fucking SEC East. And in its final year, who better than the Mizzou Tigers? Listen, a couple of weeks ago, got a little bit unhinged. Sorry, alcohol is not a good thing to mix with the fact that you are witnessing the team that you love and pull for and put your heart and soul into turn into 22 stale, disgusting chicken nuggets dipped in a bubbling pot of fondue tank cheese. Tank cheese. But, hey, it is what it is, and as soon as our game against Buttfuck State is over today at 3.30, I'm going to be live streaming that game over on YouTube. Got my full support. And, Brennan, I'm looking forward to your book when it comes out, buddy. And hopefully I can find someone to read it to me. M-I-Z-Z-O, <laughs> me and you. We'll put out an audio book for you, Jackpot. Well, it's third and ten. You know what that means? Run it up the fucking gun! What the fuck, Drake? Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Yep, yep. The third, the third and ten runs were sort of had scratching, disconcerting as the disconcerting signal call. I'd say disconcerting. This is being a Missouri fan. I'm excited. I'm scared. We're up ten ten. I should just be excited, but I'm like, nope. We're gonna hot dog water down both pants in the second half because we're Missouri. Hot dog water. God, let's That's some Mizzou blues. Yes, yeah, Mizzou blues early. Oh, we are a good football team. Yeah, I agree. You know, Brennan and I, uh, as this, at the lead up to this game, I, I just listening to fans reminded me that the grief that some of us, that we were taking on Twitter from like some uh, Georgia talking heads and everybody's mm-hmm. response being just, I am Brett Sarver. Yeah. Uh, I, I just couldn't love that more. Like uh, We have talked about before, you know, Mizzou having an alternate mascot, uh, yeah. i.e. Oliver Sadwell. Right. And... Uh, I'm not sure Oliver Sadwell is right for the times right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oliver Sadwell, the basketball team looks like it's going to be good. The football team's playing well. Rather than War Eagle, maybe we're maybe our our uh, alternative is just Brett Sarver. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. He's uh, sort of a. I saw kids like took a picture with him at a basketball game. Like I want him to become like a. A Pokemon that uh, students try to find at games to take pictures with. Yeah, you got to catch them. Catch them all. Yeah, no, I th- I'm I'm totally okay with a serial killer need- who needs braces being our uh, alternate mascot. Yep, I agree. Uh, JD here, boys. Uh, ten to ten. Uh, we're gonna have to run the fucking ball, man, or uh, run the ball better, and we're gonna have to do something on third down. Uh, fuck, man. Um, we're hanging in there. Hopefully, we don't get our assholes pounded here in the second half. Fuck it. I'm about half a bottle in of Don Julio, and uh, I'm feeling good. Uh, team's looking decent. We got to keep it up, man. We got to keep it up. I'm not gonna lie to you. I shit my pants. Literally shit my. Pants. I was trying to let a fart out, and fuck at my age, guys. I mean, you can't trust a fart over forty. And hell, I'm you know I'm old, so I, I farted and I, I shit a little bit in my pants when Luther Burden went down. And uh, <laughs> fuck, man, I, I, I'm glad he's okay and walking around and shit. So anyway, so let's go, man. Fuck them. Fuck Georgia. Fuck them all, and uh, it's fucking Mizzou. It's us against the world. Here we go. Let's fucking go, M-I-Z.
Yeah. The, Pants pooping play by play. That's why people tune in. Yeah. And uh, JD, you picked a bad week to just jump on the bandwagon going up against Georgia. This was a tough one. But um, th- I, this is, I think, the second call we've had this year where somebody shit their pants mid game. And that's what mm-hmm. me and a tire fan will do to you. Hi, I'm calling from LP's Top Palace in Chicago, the Missy Bar Chicago. Ooh, it's a lady. And I just want to say there's like maybe 500 people here. It's such a vibe. We're cheering really loud. And that pass interference was not a pass interference. And that's why I'm calling in to the podcast. It's a lady. Okay, bye. Ooh, it's a lady. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of belly aching about the um, the officiating, mm-hmm. and with good reason. The officiating was not good, but it was bad going both directions, I think. You know, Mizzou definitely got screwed, and but we got the benefit of the doubt on some calls as well. Uh, I'll tell you what, Colin. I don't know. And I'm sure there may be good reason for it. Somebody could explain it to me, I guess. But I have never in my life seen a pass interference call overturned via replay. Never. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing that could happen. I didn't either. I mean, it felt like home cooking to me in the heat of the moment because I'm like, what the fuck is this? You call pass interference, stick to it. What the fuck did Kirby Smart just say to you and threaten your mom about? Hey, this is Steven. All right. This is Stiffy in Houston. I don't even know what the fuck is going on. Can you review offensive pass interference? Yeah. And by the way, the play report was not defensive pass interference. This is bullshit. We should sign their names. We should, shouldn't do anything that bad, but we should scold them, the refs online. Cause this is, this is a load of crap. I'm in Houston and I, I know, no, I know what he wants here. to say. Yeah. Bullshit. He pulled himself back right. from the brink. Yeah, he's, he's he was right the first time. We should burn their houses down. <laughs> yeah, we should dox them and burn their houses down. Then he's like, oh, I probably shouldn't say that. But we agree with you completely, and uh, we encourage you to burn down their homes. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the direction you wanted to take it. Just own it. Hey, fellas. Sean Kansas about nine minutes left in the uh, fourth here. Uh, I know this isn't your usual call. Anyone know how to – I'm having a gender reveal party. I want to make a really, really big – bang for that if anyone could send me some recipes to make a very large bang on an unrelated note anyone has any of these official addresses totally unrelated by the way definitely not to do with any anything going on in the game just you know if you have those addresses and the recipe to make something that goes bang just you know send that my way mig <laughs> our second call in a row uh this guy not backing away from the uh the uh, suggested murder of ref officials. Yes, the domestic terrorism route is another way to be a fan. Hey, uh, Zebra Ref Guy, we got to review that uh, makeup call there on that offensive pass interference. Yeah, we need really need Georgia to win this game because, you know, SEC, Mizzou doesn't belong. Fucking heart garbage. Yeah. I don't even know where to start. If I, I hate to say that they're trying to give Georgia the game because it's the SEC and they want Georgia to stay on top, but sometimes it'd be looking like that. We plan okay because it's right now is 21 to 27, and if we score this touchdown, our defense got to do what we need to do. But I'm not I'm not upset about the game. I just wish everything wasn't so hard for us and so easy for them. It feels like it takes us. We have to fight and claw for every yard, and then Georgia come down the field and get 40. That could be just a difference of players, but 
I need them to win this game so I can go and locked on Bulldogs YouTube page and give them peace of my mind. So M I Z, let's go. <laughs> I understand. Anybody ever seen a pass interference reviewed and overturned? These fucking raps are hobo come. Hobo come. <laughs> You've seen it now. That's right. These refs are freaking hot dog water. Hot dog water. <laughs> they sure are, little buddy. That's true. Now, Colin Brendan, I'm sitting here in Fulton, Missouri, watching this game, and I just got to tell you, when the fuck can we just change the fucking rules? I mean, I mean, we've been through this before. We've sat here. The NFL did this bullshit. Okay, we can review our pass interference. Horseshit! They turned it over. You can't do it anymore. This is bullshit. If you're going to review that one, you can't review the fucking Carson back zone at 30 yards into the back of the end zone. I mean, I, this is just a load of horseshit. And, I mean, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? we got the SEC officials right in our ass. We can't do anything. Drink with his play with his balls in his purse. I mean, fuck this shit. I'm done. Fuck it. M-I-Z-Z-O-U. Ah, horse pussy. <laughs> He's angry. Clarity to 21 here. Looking like we're probably going to lose this thing. Uh, I hate that for Brady. He's had such a great year for... Because he's gonna catch a lot of shit over his, over that throw, which he should. But uh, hey, well, there's one thing we know about Brady: he's got a tough heart, and he can take it. That's right. We're seven and two. Nobody thought we'd be here, and we just hung with the number two team, number one team in the nation at their house. I guess it ain't all bad. And that's a real glass half full way to look at it. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> but I, but I, I, it's a glass half full. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's got perspective that we often lack. Just thought I'd call back in real quick, and uh, I feel like I should mention this fucking crew sucks. Like for real, there's been several what I thought were like late hit calls out of bounds, a pass interference, the review of the pass interference, which I don't fucking understand. Absolute horseshit officiating. But what do you expect to play the number one team on the road? I thought when he said this was the worst crew ever, I thought he might be talking about the guys in the booth. <laughs> they weren't great either. Oh my god! <sighs> this was—I can't believe this is the level of. I, again, there are like six billion people on the planet. I refuse to believe that the three people they have calling this game are the best you could come up with out of six billion people. And the thing is, this isn't exactly the 11 a.m. Yeah. game on SEC alternate channel. This is the CBS midday SEC main show announcing team. I guess we should expect this because CBS has still got Rick Neuheisel on their yeah. entry show. Like Rick Neuheisel played guitar and sung a song he wrote about college football on national television. And it made me as angry as anything I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Ever. I, I can't think of a single thing that makes me madder than that. And I just thought whoever produces this show should be fired. Rick Neuheisel should be executed, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I just it doesn't surprise me coming from this uh, CBS Sports. It's just, I mean, they are. I don't understand it. I don't understand how this is that somebody's evaluating talent says, this is what we want. This is the A-team. If the A-team was made up of a bunch of geriatric old women, then yes, this would be the A-team. <laughs> Man, I love Brady Cook, but that interception. That was trash. Like Oliver Sadwell grew up to be our quarterback. 
Yeah, that was the uh, it was the backbreaker. And in a game like that, there's going to be a backbreaker. That was it. He could have at least thrown it to a linebacker. I mean, just throw a fucking interception to an offensive lineman. Yeah. It's one of those plays where it's like, you want to win, you want to play well. What you really don't want is to be embarrassed and do embarrassing things that bad teams do. And that was one of those things. That was like, Vanderbilt does something like that every game against every opponent. And you just don't want to have those kind of plays. No, you're right. That's exactly why it was so devastating. It's because it's like, that is that is so ugly. That is beneath this football team. Yeah. Like, it's not like we're not allowed to make mistakes, but that is, I mean, fucking just hot dog water puking on your shoes. Hot dog water. It's the biggest point of the season, LSU and Georgia. We need Brady Cook to step up. We need your interception in both games. I've been the biggest Brady defender this whole time, and he's just not elite. He's not that guy. I'm like, you can be a fan of Brady Cook and recognize that he's not elite. I mean, he's never been elite. He's had a couple of games where he threw over 300 yards passing, and he's looked really good, and he's done everything we've hoped that he could do, but he's not an elite quarterback. And certainly, well, and is, I don't think anybody is calling for his job. No. Or should be. I mean, he has been, even in that game up into the fourth quarter, he looked like he knew what he was doing. And then. It all came apart, but I certainly am no longer under the belief that somehow Sam Horn is going to improve this team. No. Hope's a dangerous thing. Very dangerous. They, you know what? They got me. They got me. I was down on Brady Cook in the beginning of the season, got cautiously optimistic, started playing well, I converted, and now this nonsense. Not the best quarter for uh, for Brady Cook. Should not have let him cook. I'm down on Cook Coin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cook cooking this game, letting letting him cook this game was him making a hot pocket inside of a dryer. That's right. Hey, this is Darnell in Athens. I just want to say that was a hard fought game. People really need to take Mizzou seriously. And Mike Griffith is a bozo. We uh he doesn't represent us here in Athens. I appreciate it, Darnell. Certified bozo. Yeah, that's right. Hey guys. Ooh, it's a lady. Hope is a dangerous thing, isn't it? You know, Brady Cook was having a good year. I was never into Cook Coin and all that crap. The hot garbage. Hot garbage. But, um, you know, he was doing pretty good. He was running, you know, he was stopping doing the stupid bubble screens for a while. And then he started throwing these incredible throws and Burton was catching it. And the problem was that we we all had hope. You know, we had hope. We had hope, and hope we, is a dangerous thing. And that fourth quarter was hot dog water. Hot dog water. Hobo come. Hobo come. Hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. And the fix was in with some of those ref calls. I mean, I can't even. But having two interceptions taken by Georgia, like seriously, fucking bullshit. Anyway, M-I-Z. You can tell we've reached the point in the game where everybody's had to watch the uh, back-breaking interceptions. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, everybody's hearts have been broken. Okay, it's me again. I I am not done because how do you have (laughs) a quarterback for Georgia that has only had six sacks all season, sacked him two times that I can remember, and then still lose the game? I mean, all the elements were there. It's just 
fucking bullshit. This is fucking bullshit. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. Because they could have won this game. They really could have. But they just, Missouri had to Missouri. And they just, you know, homo-cummed all over the damn fourth quarter. Homo-cum. And we lost to a quarterback that he looked like the damn sloth from Ice Age. Are you freaking kidding me? Hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. M-I-Z. <laughs> yeah, Carson Beck does look like the uh, sloth from Ice Age. That is true. And yep. it is. it should be yeah. said, Colin, that, there, that we did get to him a lot. The defense really played well. Chad Bailey was out. And that when I found that out, I was like, fuck. And then we find out today that he's out for the year. But uh, anyway, the defense was not the issue for the most part no. in this game. And, we and it's amazing to, to me that we got those sacks, Brendan. I mean, their quarterback has eyes on the sides of his head like a deer. How do you sure. ever? I mean, how do you how do you manage to get him, get to him? You know, he sees you coming. Oh yeah, he's got at least two hundred and seventy <laughs> degrees of perspective. That another the field of vision is huge. <laughs> yeah, you know the ear holes for most co- football players <laughs> in their helmet; those are actually his eye holes. <laughs> yep, yep. That's how he looks around the field. Yeah, he looks like you're going to play that save by the DePel drop. He looked a little bit like Mr. Furley. Don Knotts, if you're yeah. not familiar. I suggest you watch the Apple Dumpling Gang if you're not. Anyway, yeah, I just I saw him and I was like, that is a young Don Knotts. If you put a, uh, you know, like a, a 1970s, you know, sort of flowered scarf around his neck with an open collared shirt, uh, I would have been like, hey, man, we're watching Three's Company. Yeah. Let's head down to the Regal Beagle. <laughs> That's <laughs> some references. Uh, yeah. I don't want to shit on Brady because we won games this year because of him, but our two losses this year, four interceptions, not going to get it done. Got to play better. Got to play better. And it sucks because we absolutely can beat Georgia with the squad, but on to the next one, a lot of big games left. Guess I'm going to go back to my uh, Arkansas squirrel dumplings and deer meat. Hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. Enjoy. Sean Kansas City. That fucking sucks. Can't have those picks. He's Brady's still our guy. Don't fucking get too hard on him, boys. I know he's going to, and it's funny, but, like, it's, yeah, those picks fucking suck. The first one, that, Jesus, fuck Christ. Like, like we all, that was... We could have won the game right there, but yeah, that one fucking sucks. Almost had a fat guy touchdown, fucking lord ass piece of shit. Uh, we lost the game, but officials sure didn't fucking help. Like, if you, if you didn't catch on earlier, I'm gonna nail them a fucking bomb. MIV. <laughs> a lot of domestic terrorists in our phone calls sure. tonight, Brennan. I don't know. Sure. I'm a disturbing trend. I like how he called in earlier and he's like, I'm just gonna hint at the fact that I'm gonna bomb the officials. And, and then he thought later on, I was like, you know what? I better just say it, flat out say it. Yeah. I'm mean, going to just explicitly tell everyone I'm going to, <laughs> to you know, commit domestic terror. I'm afraid I was too subtle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't understand the goddamn fucking dumpster fire play calling in that fucking game. Brady Cook at the end throws a random fucking interception. It seems like every time there's a pressure cooker game, that motherfucker is going to throw it to the goddamn other team. I, I just don't understand. What the, does it just get to him, or what the fuck's his problem? Fuck my life. This is Dangling Dave. Pretty Cook, get your 
emos, greasy, prevailed cheese-ass hands, throwing the ball to the fat lineman. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> he does love emos. I've had some time to calm down and really think about things. And, uh, yeah, it's a bummer. Fucking Mizzou Blues. <laughs> Brady Cook's interception late. Hobo come, hot garbage. Hobo come, hot garbage. <laughs> but I'm sick and fucking tired of these pessimistic-ass fans that fucking mm. shit all over Brady Cook. Yeah, he fucked around and fucked it up at the end. But I just don't understand why people can't be fucking happy. Like, he's literally the only, well, not literally the only reason, but big part of why they're going to probably go 10-2 and two this year after shitting the bed in constant Mizzou Blues over the last 10 years. And he's going to be back next year with fucking the same receiving core. They're going to be fine. Dude, Brady Cook, fucking kick ass. Brady Toughheart, you pissed me off today, but I'm still fucking rooting for you, dude. Same thing with all the other motherfuckers out there. Mixed emotions about Brady Cook out there, it sounds like, today. Well, and like I said, I'm not ready to write Brady off yet. And we've had two big games, and he has, yes, he has wet the bed in both those games um, at the end. I'm not ready to say that defines Brady Cook yet. Now, if he does it a third time, then I'll be like, all right, maybe we've got a, an actual issue here. Yeah, um, this is a trend. Yeah, and but I'm willing to give him a pass, mostly because just like look at the first throw that he made to Luther Burden. I mean, yeah. he made – there were a lot of throws in this game that were really good throws. It's easy to forget some of the – and he had some big runs in this game. Like he did some pretty impressive things, and it's easy to forget that when your last memory of him is throwing a uh, interception to a guy who's five feet in front of him, the size of a fucking barn. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, that's hard to forget, but we need to, you know, look at things on the whole and have some perspective. It's kind of like a gal gives you one of the best blowjobs you've ever had in your life. And right at the end, she takes a thumbtack and just pokes it through your scrotum. (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of what that interception felt like for me a little bit. Sure, but it's sure. like, I mean, I uh, guess that makes a lot of sense when you put it that way. You know, it's like it's hard to remember the great blowjob when you got that thumbtack sticking <laughs> through your ball bag. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, Ren, my apologies. You make, you're making perfect sense. <laughs> okay, thank you. What's up, dudes? First time listener, long time caller. That game just made me sad. Like, I'm not going to overreact and say, like, we suck and the season's over, but holy shit, that game made me fucking sad. It's Mizzou Blues. It's hard to get over. It creeps in all the time. Mm-hmm. What's up, dudes? You know, still sad, but, you know, I had a couple more beers and I thought about it. You know, good teams win, but great teams cover. We covered that 16-ish point we spread. We did. can't be mad about that. It's fine. It's fine. We're fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I'll shout out, uh, shout out a fart guy. Um, really love the content he puts out there. Uh, <laughs> a man that's not afraid to shit his pants, and I really respect that. Yeah, well, shout out to JD. He shit his pants this week, too. So uh, join the yeah. crowd, fart guy. Yeah, respect all around. <laughs> I think it's so cool that the two games that we've lost this season are because the guy who had a record earlier this season for not throwing interceptions <laughs> has thrown two real bad interceptions at the worst time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sweet irony. It's bad. Oh, sweet irony. We did better than I thought we'd do. We beat the spread. I think we scared Georgia a little bit. A win would be better than a loss, but it's not the end of the season. 
M I Z. I guess. Yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. A win is better than a loss. That is correct, and that's great analysis. That is, yeah, yeah. You know what, Britton? Um, it's a hard. It, we've we've had a hard time sort of locking down a third host on this show mm-hmm. uh, between Bear and Twink Caleb. Sure. Uh, but uh, maybe with analysis like a win is better than a loss, we this gentleman might be the the final ingredient. That's right. That's right. It's going to make the stew taste perfect. We were a shitty P.I. call in the third quarter away from keeping some momentum going. You watched two teams play on the field today, and they were way more even than that final score says or than Aaron Taylor's dumbass will say. It does seem like the refs kind of fuck us a little bit. It won't matter at all. Uh, moving on, if we shit the bed against Tennessee, we have to keep the hobo come on their side and not let it become ours. <laughs> Homo come. I just love to imagine like a Tennessee fan or a Georgia fan just just listening to this podcast out of curiosity. Like, I wonder what Mizzou's saying about this game. And uh, and just can't figure out why people keep saying hobo come. <laughs> They've not watched enough Missouri football if they don't understand hobo come. No, that's right. Homo come. Or taint cheese. Taint cheese. Spark guy here. Yeah, there I'm he a is. lion stack of shit in more ways than one. I sharted, <laughs> but only after the, <laughs> the game, so I'm not sure if that counts. But I also said that they win by two, so I definitely screwed up. But just a quick breakdown. Uh, first half, thought things were sexier than ever, and steam out. <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> but they came out in the second half with the dookie butter being cooked in the crock pot with a butt burrito. And weren't able to put the bone in the wing to make that Luther Burton sing. Bart guy out. Wow. If there was an Academy Award for podcasts, I don't see how this show doesn't get it. (laughs) Where else are you going to get this kind of content? All right, Colin, on that note, why don't we take a broader look around the SEC and uh, see what the rest of our opponents are up to. It's time to go around the horn with the SEC. We we break our bread at Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Loves football. And Colin, would you fire up the fine bot for us? Will do. Alabama, Alabama, Nick Saban. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thank you, Mizzou <laughs> Cast Podcast. All right, Colin, why don't we just jump right in with Ole Miss taking on Texas A&M. This was a big matchup for number 10 Ole Miss. They uh, had something to prove against a okay Texas A&M team. It was a close one. 38-35 was the final, but Ole Miss got the job done. Uh, fended off a late fourth quarter rush by the Aggies from A&M. Ole Miss now sits at 8-1, and 5-1 and one in conference, still in contention for the SEC West. And like I said, number 10 in the country. So, uh, Lane Kiffin is, uh, he's got that one loss to Alabama, 
beat LSU and uh, just a few games left on the schedule. So who knows what this Ole Miss team is capable of? Yeah, they um, they proved me wrong. I, I'm like I said, have not been a believer uh, in this Ole Miss program, uh, but they uh, they they keep winning. When they got their opportunity, they uh, took advantage of it. Tennessee, Missouri's opponent next week. They had sort of their mid-season cupcake game against UConn, and they put it to the UConn Huskies 59-3 at home. Uh, Tennessee moves to 7-2, and 5-0 in conference play so far. Yeah, I mean, this game doesn't tell us anything other than Tennessee can bully lesser teams. We'll see what they do when they're up against a real team. This weekend, Florida took on Arkansas. I watched a lot of this game, Colin. I presume you might have as well. Arkansas desperate for a win. Sam Pittman's seat is hotter than the skin underneath his titties in the Florida sun. Um, The Gators looked like they were going to be able to pull away from this one, but they were never able to get the job done. Arkansas wins it in overtime, 39-36. to Huge conference win. In fact, the first conference win for the Razorbacks this year. They're one and five in conference, and now three and six overall. Four to fall, falls to five and four, three and three in conference. Uh, two teams Missouri has yet to play, and you have every reason to believe that they are both winnable games based on what we saw this week. Not sure about that. The uh, Arkansas-Florida game was uh, a game, a matchup of the completely movable object versus the wildly stoppable force. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was it was not a great one. Um, South Carolina hosted Jacksonville State in a game that was supposed to have been a midseason cupcake. I think Jacksonville State is also known as the Gamecock, so it was Gamecock versus Gamecock crime. South Carolina could not put away Jacksonville State until the fourth quarter. They ended up winning this one 38-28, but I am sure that it was way too close going into the fourth quarter tied with this team. South Carolina is bad. They're now 3-6, and 3-1 yeah. and one in conference, and God damn, they had trouble with Jacksonville State, and that is a, that's a tough thing to say. I imagine, I'm glad Carolina Jackpot called early, because I don't think he would have been in a good state of mind after this game. I think South Carolina, for Mizzou fans who may be down about this loss, is a is a good like uh, cautionary tale, or, or just like, hey, things could be worse, because you're looking at South Carolina, a program that, I don't know, didn't have big expectations this season, but certainly hope to be competitive and they just things have completely come off the rails beamer is is becoming dan mullen-esque in his behavior you know the team is just a colossal turd burger we've been there and uh, it's easy to forget but you just imagine being south carolina right now yeah we lost to georgia but man you could be south carolina right now yeah it's a scary thought you know colin Beamer takes a lot of shit for like blaming his players in those post-game press conferences. And I've kind of stewed on that for a little bit because coaches for years have always, you know, complained about things that their players have done and they're not always wrong for doing so. Um, I, I, cause I saw somebody pull up old Steve Spurrier quotes from a post-game press conference where he was basically dogging his players for playing like shit and everybody loves Steve Spurrier, you know? And, and I was just thinking, it's like, it's not that Beamer is, blaming his players or that he's always deflecting criticism it's i feel like it's his demeanor and he's just got this punchable face quality to him (laughs) you know what i mean it's just got this way about 
the way he expresses these thoughts make it just seem more despicable than if someone else was saying it. You know, I don't know. It, it's he's just got a, he's got a vibe that is yeah, he's uh, got a he's got a got some douche DNA. Yeah, he does. He's got heavy douche DNA, and I think it you know puts the thumb on your scale whenever you say something a little. It could go either way. People are going to take it wrong because you're a douche, you know, and he's definitely a douche. Let's see. Speaking of douches, let's go to the Auburn-Vanderbilt game. This was a stinker. Auburn got the win 31-15. to Vanderbilt is fucking terrible. Vanderbilt's, you know, that's a broken record, but they're as bad as they've ever been. They're now 0-8 in conference, 2-8 overall. Auburn got themselves a conference win. They're now 2-4 in conference and 5-4 and overall. Uh, just a fucking turd of a game for two fucking well, and you know what? teams. Yeah. They got no excuse either because look at fucking the Kansas Jayhawks were the worst program in Division One college football for a very long time, and now they're competitive. Like, why can't Vanderbilt do that just once in a while? When was the last time they were even mildly competitive? James Franklin? Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Like, at some point, you're just like, guys, there's no excuse at this point. You know, if Kansas, the Kansas Jayhawks can rebuild the program to something that seems respectable, what is your excuse? I I mean, obviously, there's not a lot of it's a it's an academic institution that is highly regarded, and athletics is not as high on the food chain it's at also that university. In Nashville, though, which who doesn't want to live in Nashville? I mean, yeah. I mean, compared to Lawrence, Kansas, I mean, I would rather go to. I mean, it's like, would you rather you know get a blowjob from an attractive woman or have someone wrap? barbed wire around a fucking broken mop handle and jam it up your ass. That's the difference between living in Nashville and Lawrence. <laughs> I can't believe we can't get to a point where Nash or, you know, Vanderbilt can, can't figure out a way to get a decent football team. Well, and that's what I was alluding to Colin. I don't think that the university of Kansas is dumping gobs and gobs of new money into their football program all of a sudden. And yet they're still managing to make it work. And as you mentioned, you know, they're, Chamber of Commerce Board of Tourism poster says, do you love mop handles with barbed wire wrapped around it shoved up your asshole? You'll love Lawrence. And so, which I've always thought was a bad tagline for a city. Yeah, um, it's a cliche for a reason. Yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah, Vanderbilt's fucking terrible. They continue to be terrible, and they're as bad as they've ever been. All right, then that takes us to Kentucky versus Mississippi State. Mississippi State is fucking bad. I kind of wish we could play Mississippi State this year because the two years that we have drawn Mississippi State as our cross-division opponent have just been like two of the best years in Mississippi State's history, and they think they're way better than us. But Mississippi State is a fucking dog, and uh, Mike Leach, gone. They are flailing badly, and Kentucky whooped them 24-3. Kentucky needed a get right game. They got it. They're now six and three and uh, got a nice road win against a very shitty opponent that was still better than Arkansas. And that takes us to the final game on the docket for the SEC. LSU came in number 14 in the country against Alabama, number eight. And uh, this was a big one. This was the CBS evening game, the one everyone was talking about. And I think LSU fans were probably licking their chops this year because Alabama's been up and down, and LSU certainly can score. And Jaden Daniels is a hell of a quarterback, but LSU continues to have a horrible fucking defense. Alabama put 42 up, wins the game 42-28. to 28. 
Alabama goes to eight and one and six and zero yeah, in conference. LSU six and three. The this is Alabama's division to lose. Uh, they've got the head-to-head win over Ole Miss. So Alabama seems to be getting right. And certainly, as opposed to what we've done in our big games, Alabama kind of flails around, and then the big games come, and then they show up. You're right about that. And that's just kind of what you expect out of an Alabama team. But uh, anyway, this one, I don't know. I know Twink Caleb had big money on Alabama. I will say that it was a back and forth game. There was a lot of points in it where you thought LSU was going to overtake them, but it just, no, it like everything, Alabama, they're just a boa constrictor and you can flail and you can fight. But at the end of the day, they're going to suck every ounce of breath out of your system. And by the fourth quarter, you're dead. Nick Saban. Yeah. And uh, yeah, LSU, I don't know. They didn't impress me in this game. And I, I kind of feel like I do with Missouri. Like you guys had an opportunity here and it's a good opportunity. You're probably going to have in a while. You got to, Looking Heisman candidate quarterback, and you know Alabama's probably as down as you're going to find them. By the end of the fourth quarter, it, it, you know the, the score wasn't that competitive. Let's move along to next week, Colin. Alabama is now number eight in the country. Will be taking on Kentucky on the road. Alabama's a ten and a half point favorite against the Wildcats. I uh, I would hate to be in Kentucky's shoes right now. I feel like they. Uh, they don't need to be playing Alabama at this point, and yet that's who they're staring down the barrel of. I, I like that line. I'll be like, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I think it's going to be two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. All righty. It's also a 48.5 point over-under. I think they could easily go over that, too. Vanderbilt will be on the road to South Carolina. South Carolina has looked very bad, and Vanderbilt is even worse South Carolina's a 13.5 point favorite at home. By God, they had better cover. You know what I mean? Like, this is a bad Vanderbilt team. You better fucking cover. You better win by two touchdowns. That bad Auburn team we mentioned earlier is now facing these bad Arkansas Razorbacks. They're uh, one, Auburn's five and four, Arkansas's three and six. They are at home. Arkansas's favored by a field goal in this one. I don't know. After Arkansas pulled off the win against Florida, I would hate to bet this game. They're just two wild card bad teams who can spook you once in a while. So I don't, I, I don't like. I would not touch this one gambling wise. Nor would I. Oh, and then Ole Miss now number nine in the country and eight and one in the conference. They are going to be facing their biggest challenge to date, even after their loss to Alabama. Number two. Georgia, now 9-0, and will be hosting Ole Miss. Ole Miss has basically the exact same opportunity that Missouri did last week. If they can win this game, it will be a defining game for their season and a huge win for the program. And if they lose, they'll just sort of be considered a good team, but not good enough to beat the best, just like Missouri. I don't have much um, confidence that uh, Ole Miss will be competitive in this game. Old Miss has got a Mizzou-esque offense, but they do not have Mizzou's defense. I don't expect uh, them to, to keep it close, honestly. George is favored by 10.5 at home in this one, and uh, I can see it. It seems realistic. Florida, coming off their loss to Arkansas, will be facing LSU in Death Valley. So that's a, a loser proposition for the Gators. They are 14-point <laughs> underdogs in this one, and... God, I can see LSU easily beating Florida by two touchdowns. I'd love to see it, as a matter of fact. 
And then that takes us to Mississippi State going to Texas A&M. This is another sort of laugher. A&M is favored by 18.5 over the lowly Mississippi State Bulldogs. This feels like one of those games that if Mississippi State wins it, I won't be shocked. You know, I mean, there's, there's uh, A&M thinks they're going to sleepwalk through this game. They just uh, took one on the chin from Old Miss. And uh, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things where they, they've that last loss. It's sort of like eh, this season's kind of over. You know, we're not really going to be competitive in the West. Nothing would make me happier than if they lost to Mississippi State. And then the final game on the docket, the 230 game on CBS, the Tennessee Volunteers coming in number 13 in the country to Columbia, Missouri to face the number 14 Missouri Tigers. Tennessee favored by one point in this matchup. The line has bounced around. I think it opened up. Missouri was favored by a half a point going up Tennessee to a point and a half. And now it's settled down. Missouri is the one-point underdog. I like Missouri to win this game. I just really do. I, I don't understand the line, honestly. You know, maybe I'm biased because I'm a Mizzou fan, but it's like I just feel like our defense is going to give them fits, and I feel like our offense can score. I just, I, I, I listen. I think Mizzou wins this game by ten or should. Maybe I'm way off, and like I said, I, maybe I, I, I've, I'm probably an idiot. I mean, like I said. Heupel has not just beat us, he's owned us. And so I don't know why I'm so optimistic. I just, even in the loss to Georgia, I'm like, my football team looks pretty goddamn good. I hope, certainly, that if Missouri is in that position where they are winning, say, in the fourth quarter, Drinkwitz does not take his foot off the gas on this team. You know, if if we're driving and we're winning comfortably in the fourth quarter, that we do not put any subs in. We do not keep the sec- put the second team in. We do not run the ball and run the clock out. We fucking go for Tennessee's throat, and we rip it out, and then we shit down their neck hole. That is my wish for this team. All right, that'll do it this week for Around the Horn. All right, Colin, let's move it along to Kansas news. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine. Sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story of the day. Kansas ranked number three for worst drivers in the nation. The Sunflower State is known for wheat production, being home to the former U.S. President Dwight Eisenhower and, of course, references to Wizard of Oz. It also might be known for its poor drivers. I've known this for years, Colin. Uh, All you have to do is see the Kansas plates swerving in and out of traffic everywhere you go and know this is true. Uh, Forbes advisor ranked Kansas as the third worst state for drivers, citing the following. Kansas has the second highest number of fatal car accidents involving a distracted driver. The state has the third highest number of fatal car accidents involving a driver who disobeyed traffic signs. And Kansas is the fourth worst state in fatal car accidents involving a drowsy driver. And fifth for fatal car accidents involving a driver who was driving the wrong way or on a one-way street. Kansas was beaten out by Texas and Louisiana. But, uh, yeah, they are one of the worst places to drive. I assume because people are so frantically driving to get out of the state is a big part of why. Well, I noticed they said, like, distracted driving. I'm sure people are, like, watching movies while they drive through the the hellscape that is that town. It's so boring. Sure. Plus, I feel like most of them, I mean, 
it's hard to transition from horse and carriage to, you know, internal combustion engine car, uh, which I feel like is a transition that Kansans have to make at some point in life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a challenge. Plus they're just stupid, stupid people, Brendan. They're the worst people, Colin, and I hate them so. Anyway, yeah. So congratulations for uh, being one of the worst places to drive as well as one of the worst places to live and, uh, and just all around just the worst people. All righty. Next story. Kansas coach Bill Self signs richest college basketball contract ever given by a public university. Bill Self has signed a new contract for $53 million over the next five years. Yep, don't let that Kansas legislature tell you they can't afford shit. <laughs> That's right. When they're willing to pay a man who's been under, under FBI investigation for the past five years, $53 million. Yeah. Medicaid for handicapped children. No, thank you. The coffers are empty. But Bill Self, the fucking wildly corrupt criminal basketball coach, empty the coffers. And this is after the NCAA investigation and all of the fucking just irregularities and terrible things that we've seen come out over the last few years. Kansas says, hey, we like what we're seeing, and we'd like to reward you for it. I know we joke around about Kansas on this show, um, but I truly do believe Bill Self was a bad person. Yeah, of course. He's a reprehensible human being. And uh, I, I I hate that this is uh, – that someone I feel like is such an awful person can be rewarded in this way. It truly lets you know that the world is not fair. $53 million is just for a college football coach, basketball, basketball yeah, coach. Basketball coach. That's yeah, it's insane. It's, and like I said, a public university. Yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, when tuition goes up at Kansas or when there's any sort of pothole, you have to just look at that basketball coach and that dickhead driving around, the smug, pompous, arrogant piece of shit, Kim Jong-bil, and you just want to spit in his face, I think. Well, I want to do more than that. Yeah. I want our domestic terrorist friend uh, on the caller line to, to get pay him a visit. Yeah. I mean, we're done with the Georgia referees. I mean, that's bad, and it was uh, hard to swallow. But, like, Bill Self's out there breathing air, and yet, what are you doing? Talking about bombing referees, wasting our time? You know where Bill Self lives. All right, Colin, let's get to our next story. Kansas Jayhawks, you mentioned, Colin, that they are a competitive football team this year. And uh, sure enough, they're ranked number 21 in the country. They faced a mediocre Iowa State team on the road and pulled off the 28-21 to win. Kansas is now 7-2, and like our Missouri Tigers, and 4-2 and in the Big 12. Uh, it's one of their best years they've had in so long, 15 years plus, I would say, 2007, 2008. Golly, it is hard to believe their wizard coach has been capable of what they're doing. Granted, they play terrible Big 12 teams week in and week out, but a lot of teams play terrible Big 12 teams week in well, and week out. Well, and they've consistently lost all those terrible Big 12 teams for years. That's right. Yeah, every time. And, you know, they, like Oklahoma, they beat Oklahoma. That was program-defining win for them, and then Oklahoma goes out the following week and loses to Oklahoma State. So it's hard to know what any of it means, but certainly Kansas is uh, competitive in football this year. I think Missouri would kick a fucking mud hole in them, though. Oh, I wish we could. I, yeah. I, I wish we could. Yeah. 
Um, remember when they swore up and down that we dodged them in a bowl game? I mean, they love that kind of nonsense talk. I'd love to play Kansas. Please bring them on. Maybe that's the bowl we'll play in. Yeah, I'd take it. I would absolutely take it. Uh, no doubt. All right. This has been Kansas News. Okay, so let's move along to our award segment, Colin. TJ Moe, Douche of the Week. Who is going to win the award this week? Brennan, I I would recommend a collective um, Douche of the Week and Michigan Apologists. <laughs> yeah. And I saw it like Rich Eisen going down that road a little bit, you know, and of course he is in the bag for Michigan because that's where he graduated from. But it's like there's so many people just like, sort of like playing this off like it's not a big deal and like oh it's you know we're over you know it's a it's a it's a bit overblown i'm like no it's not like they literally had a spy on other people's sidelines it's ridiculous and you can just tell that michigan's a blue blood because everybody's ready already to forgive them they're ready to treat them like bill self in kansas gets treated by the fbi and the ncaa that's right there's different rules for you so fuck off i also colin the Michigan administration, who they fired this staffer named Connor Stallions, who is clearly the scapegoat for the yeah. program and was marched yeah, I'm sure out the there. coaches knew nothing about this. Yeah, well, that's what he was marched out there to say. I did it all. Coach Harbaugh was not aware of any of it, and yeah, which right. I always feel like is sort of damning when they're like, hey, don't be mad at this guy for doing terrible things. He has no idea what's going on in his program. Like, is that better? That's better. That's well, it's such a abject lie. And you know that everybody doesn't want to punish them because, you know, if the university president or the NCAA or any, any of these people had any fucking integrity whatsoever, they're like, Oh yeah, right. You didn't know anything about it. Fuck you. You're fired. Yeah. Which is fine. That worst part about this for, Michigan is is like Michigan will pay the consequences of this uh, scandal, and then Harbaugh will just go get a job in the NFL. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, there's uh, the bad guys win when it comes to college sports. That's just the way it works. Yep, and uh, but yeah, it's the, this collective. It's not such a big deal. Everybody should just cut Michigan some slack. I've I just I honestly can't believe how much I've heard of that. Yeah, uh, from talking heads, I'm just like you got to be kidding. Are you, are you for real? Like if Rutgers did this, you guys be ready to like drive over them with a dump truck. So we're going to give the award to Michigan apologist. Yes. All right. Well, let's just do it. Everybody out there who's made excuses for the terrible fucking Michigan Wolverines and their cheating, cheating program. You are the TJ Mo douche of the week. Douche of the week. Okay, Colin, it's always a little bittersweet to name a Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game winner for, in a loss, but who's it going to be? Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. Huh, who is it going to be? I would throw out Cody Schrader. He, yep. uh, had, he a, had a good game. Good game, and he, as he tends to do, gets big runs, and he was up against it. I mean, this was a tough Georgia line, and we didn't – the running game wasn't working early, but they kept pounding, and he kept doing well. Uh, Luther Burden – I'll say this about Luther Burden. The guy obviously is a world-class talent on the football field, but he takes a fucking pounding week in and week out. And it were, there was a scary moment where he went down, and it looked like he might be in real trouble – 
injury wise and he bounced back. I just feel like I don't know. My hat goes off to the way Luther Burden plays fucking football and isn't afraid to fucking throw his body out there and he takes a goddamn pounding. He was taking a pounding against like South Dakota possible Bearcats early on. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like he just plays hard. But all in all, I think maybe Cody Schrader's our guy. I don't know, Colin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I it's hard to think of anybody who was more consistent in that game than than Cody Schrader. Obviously, Luther Burden had a uh, big catch. And he had that two point conversion too, which I don't think that was a great play. Yeah, uh, for uh, for uh, Brady Cook as well. But yeah, I think I'm I'm comfortable with Schrader. Uh, I feel like somebody on the defense should get yeah. a mention, but you know that's the the nature of the beast. You play defense, the offense gets all the all the accolades. Well, I'll say this: uh, Theo Weiss had five catches for ninety yards. He had a good game defensively. There were some big plays and. You know, we've kind of been asking ourselves where Tyron Hopper's been all year. I feel like he really had a good game defensively. I know he had a sack and uh, 10 total tackles, seven solo tackles. He was all over the field, and mm-hmm. we did get to the quarterback quite a bit. There were three sacks yeah. on the day. Uh, like I said, Hopper had one. Darius Robinson had one. and uh, Well, on the Gaddy front end of our defense, just it had a good game. Yeah. Yeah. In general, the back end, not so much. I mean, I know Norwood just got Eat that up. 84, yeah. that white boy, absolutely roasting his ass. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm good with Schrader. All right. Cody Schrader, you've done it. You are the Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game. Okay, Colin, Tennessee's ahead of us. It's a big game. It's always a big game when we're growing up against Tennessee. I'm glad it's at home. Uh, it's going to be good to come back. The whole, It's a sellout again. Thank you to the Kansas State fans for continually buying tickets. You know, this yep. early on, they were patting themselves on the back for selling out Missouri Stadium. And the only reason Missouri can sell out their stadium is because Kansas State fans are so rabid. All we've done since then is sell out our fucking stadium. So just another little fuck you to Kansas State for yeah. that. But it should be a great environment for football. And hopefully, like you said, Brady Cook can be the Brady Cook we've seen for most of this year without the just soul-crushing interceptions that uh, have plagued him in big games. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, so uh, here's I'm really excited about it. I'm really um, optimistic for this team in a way that I haven't been, and I certainly didn't start the season. So I hope that they can get the win. They really deserve it. And then, Colin, we, uh, we kind of threw out there the recruiting news a little bit, but one thing we haven't talked about at all is that uh, basketball season has gotten underway, and Dennis Gates' new squad is uh, victors over Arkansas Pine Bluff last night. Possible Bearcats. <laughs> the Arkansas Pine Bluff possible Bearcats. I, you know, it's hard to know what to take from an early, early, early season game like this from a lesser talented team, but uh, – if this group of guys can gel the way the team that Dennis Gates assembled last year did, we should expect big things again. And I'm excited that yeah. expectations are pretty low for our Tigers. So I always think we everybody, play better that way. Yeah, everybody looked good last night, more or less. Uh, East, I thought, looked really good. I want East to win the starting job because I just feel like uh, nothing against Nick Honor, but East is a faster, longer athlete and i just like if we can get him on the floor and like i said i just i i want him to win that that job of course honor and easter on the floor a lot together anyway oh what's the new kid that played well last night i'm thinking is oh what's his damn name bates i think he played really well um you know noah carter looked good everybody i mean they just 
they look good. And then, like I said, against the uh, Pine Bluff possible Bearcats, it's hard to know. But it started out nice. I know several guys didn't get any minutes for numerous reasons. I think our giant uh, transfer from Oral Roberts has to sit out like three games for like, mm-hmm. I don't know, playing in some game, like some show off game for NBA scouts or something. I can't remember what the exact some was. Dumb and fucking NCAA. <laughs> yeah. Rule. Something that they would ignore if Kansas did. Right. Um, but anyway, it looks good. And I think optimism is, uh, rightly sky high. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, and it's a it's a fun time of year where everything is going at the same time for uh, Mizzou. So here's hoping for more victories from the basketball team as the season gets rolling, and for a big win over Tennessee on the football field. M I Z. Z O U. Sometimes it'd be looking like that.